Good evening, and welcome to the Psych Call Shop. I'm Ace Knight, and in my co-host seat is Techie Joe with the most. Hello, Miss Shannon. Hello, Miss Brenda. I'm glad you got your coffee or your tea or your espresso or whatever. Have a seat. Thank you for coming in early. Uh-huh. We were trying to grab stories because, well, it, if, if you guys had your bingo card ready, if you had stranger elements, <laughs> UFOs, and now bank crises, you're almost to bingo. One more and you get a bingo. I know. I know. I, you know? I don't think anyone was there for that. I like, but then again, it's not as crazy as like, you know, the last couple of years have shown it to be. Yep. Like at least these aren't well, okay, the UFOs are totally out there. Uh-huh. Thank you for the badum ching. Um, but you know, the, the, the bank collapsing and train derailments really does sound like the thirties, the 1930s, uh, or the, um, or the 1830s, you know, I mean, would be more in place, right? But yeah, no, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so yeah. So let's get started and dig into that one. Um, Ohio sues Norfolk Southern over toxic train derailment, reads the Washington Post. Um, Ohio sued Norfolk Southern on Tuesday over a train derailment that caused an environmental disaster, displaced people from their homes, and led to a national uh, public backlash. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost announced the federal lawsuit in a news conference Tuesday afternoon, saying his state shouldn't have to bear the tremendous financial burden of Norfolk Southern's glaring negligence. A Norfolk Southern train was carrying hazardous chemicals such as vinyl chloride and butyl acrylate when it derailed in East Palestine, Ohio on February 3rd. The cars caught fire and surrounding residents were ordered to evacuate their homes. Authorities released a toxic plume of chemicals three days later to avoid a potential major explosion, and the cloud traveled at least as far as neighboring Pennsylvania. The 58-count lawsuit filed Tuesday in the U.S. District Court in northeastern Ohio is seeking at least $75,000 in damages, Yost said, but that amount will balloon because authorities are still calculating how much they've spent on the disaster. The fallout from this highly preventable incident may continue for years to come, and there's still so much we don't know about the long-term effects on our air, water, and soil, Yost said. In response to the lawsuit, a Norfolk Southern spokesperson said the company is committed to cleaning up the town and providing financial assistance to those affected by the derailment. The company is also aware of residents' concerns, including their long-term health, property values, and access to potable water, Spokesman Connor Spielmaker told the Washington Post in an email, quote, every day since the derailment, our goal has been to make it right for the people of East Palestine and surrounding communities, Spielmaker said. We're making progress every day, cleaning the site safely and thoroughly, 
providing financial assistance to residents and businesses that have been affected and investing to help East Palestine and the community around it thrive. Two weeks after really? the derailment, the, yeah. Two really? weeks after the derailment, the Environmental Protection Agency said it was taking control of the cleanup oversight under pressure to respond more urgently to the train derailment. Norfolk Southern will have to fund these efforts, the agency said late last month, all the while residents have feared for their safety. Immediately after the derailment, federal and local officials told people in East Palestine that their water was safe, uh, but later they urged them to drink bottled water. Heavy chemical smells were detectable long after authorities said the air was safe to breathe. People who live or work in the area have blamed the derailment and subsequent release of chemicals for health problems, animal deaths, and potential property devaluation. Some have brought civil lawsuits. Um, there is little evidence that the derailment and its contamination will pose long-term health risks, environmental authorities have said, but residents want more testing. The disaster response has become a political flashpoint with Republicans seizing on the disaster to criticize President Biden and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Democrats have aimed their ire at the railroad. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan H. Shaw apologized for the disaster in a congressional hearing Thursday and said he runs a, quote, safe railroad. Bullshit. Oh, bless your heart. Now, I noticed he showed up for Congress, but he can't show up for a city council meeting. True, 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 true. Oh, love it, Shannon. Love it, Shannon. So Shannon's got a little comment here. Look, when I said we were due for another plague and financial collapse, I wasn't talking about immediately. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, so the company has spent $21 million to support communities in eastern Ohio and nearby western Pennsylvania, Shaw told the state in, uh, excuse me, Senate Environmental and Public Works Committee. He did not specify what cleanup and safety measures Norfolk Southern would offer. At Tuesday's news conference, Yost said he has been discussing compensation with Norfolk Southern attorneys and that the lawsuit was an additional way to hold the company accountable. This was an epic disaster, and it's going to take some significant dollars to get the people of East Palestine to where they were before February 3rd, Yost said. So, yeah, there's there's that. Yeah. I don't know. I Like, I, sometimes I want to hear, like, one, 21 million. Like, is that, like, 20 million spent to your public relations firm and then another million supporting this disaster? Like what? Where? Where? What's the number? What? What? Yeah. What? What comprises twenty-one million? Exactly. Um, and then because yeah, that's a big number. Doing their stuff. All right. We well, them... put it. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say twenty-one million. It sounds like a big number. Um, like you know, if that were our grocery budget, it would be unbelievable. Um, but for the level of incident that they have had, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, that's that's probably nowhere near enough. Right. That that's that's a drop in the bucket. Like it's gonna be expensive. Mm-hmm. And no one should expect it shouldn't be expensive. Right. They dump chemicals literally into everything, including the Ohio River. Which you know, mm-hmm. we know the Canal River, you can get three freaking heads if you go swimming in it. I wonder how many heads the Ohio River will give you. You know, but if you were looking for fish, 
that, that could look like all the stages uh-huh. of the uh, uh, Big Mouth Bass. Uh-huh. You remember that? Yeah. It wasn't Billy the Big Mouth Bass, the, the yeah. old dancing, singing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he could, you could potentially fish in the Ohio River now and get that. Well, that's um, debatable. We could probably get that in the New River. Taking us true. to our next story, thanks to our Patreon reporters. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, so <laughs> from WBOI, train derails and catches fire in southern West Virginia. Sandstone, West Virginia, a train derailed and crashed in Sandstone, Summers County, in the early hours of Wednesday morning. The train hit a boulder and crashed into the New River, according to Summers County 911. The train caught on fire as the result of the crash, but Summers County 911 confirmed the fire was contained as of 7.45 a.m. Wednesday. Pretty sure falling into the river kind of helped extinguish it as well. Well, no coal. Burning coal will float. Well, there's that. Uh, The train was a CSX coal train, which was not carrying any coal at the time of the crash. Uh Three members of the train's crew were taken to a local hospital as a result of the derailment. Sandstone, Hinton, Pipestem, and Summers County Fire Departments responded to the incident, along with Summers County EMS. And that is everything our local reporting had to say on the matter. Um, it, it literally got all the attention of a school bake sale. Right. Like, this, this is West Virginia. Like, Ohio at least got some press on it. We have a train derail, and it's like, well, you know, also there's a school bake sale. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, eh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Tuesday. Well, we then have to go to the new situation. And when I say the new situation, we have to go to Facebook. Yeah, true. Um, to look at this, and th- I know where this is at. Like I can, I know this area. We've gone to this area. We've been down there, and I am like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm-mm. And they've pulled the story. Oh, they pulled it. Yeah, they pulled the pictures. They pulled the story. The only thing is, it's not. Well, crap. But, yeah. No, that, that sounds about normal. Sounds yeah. about normal. What's interesting is this one, or the original report, mm-hmm. um, they didn't know if it was Summers or Fett County. Do what now? It's on the summer Summers slash Fett County border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original report was that it was in Fayette County. Nope, it's in Summers County. Ah. Sounds like y'all have the same kind of property dispute uh, with railroads that uh, my grandmother used to have uh, with the uh, uh, with her house. Right. Because the basically it's a simple situation is the line for the city ran down the middle of the road. She lived in the county. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was cute watching, you know, county mounties and the the, the local donut shop uh, supporters argue over which one had to get out of their car because of where the accident started, where the accident ended up, 
and what took place where. Right. Now, and who's Tucker, apparently, you know, one of the EMS workers, doesn't say who he is, it's just Tucker. Welcome to West Virginia Reporting. Um, in this very moment, in, in the early moments of the realm like this, our first priority is the safety of crew. That has been assured. Right now, we are, we are focused on the environmental contaminants. We do not know the extent of what is leaked, but once we, but once we deploy the buoys, we will be able to determine that. And that is what, uh, and that is what we're focusing on right now, Tucker said. Mm -hmm. So there were more crap dumped into the new river. Mm -hmm. Well, is at least at one point what they thought. Right. There was just. I mean, they don't know what was on the train or the four locomotives. Right. Well, and, and that may be part of like it's a developing news story. And, you know, someone got woken up in the middle of the night to respond to this. And they're like, okay, well, here's our standard protocol and what we say when this occurs. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, our first priority is the crew. And, you know, if there's any chemical blah, 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 slightly misquote that and makes it sound like, you know, oh, God, the train was loaded full of chemicals. We just saw this in Ohio. And now it's in the new river. Like, great. Well, you know, this coal and diesel and whole freaking train just joins the new river. For those that oh, don't yeah. know, the new river has a train, a full gold train sitting in the bottom of it in the Dolly Mountain. Oh, Nobody cool. will go down and get the gold because the catfish are too big and the chemicals are too bad to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the river you want to go swimming in. Well, I have no problem going swimming in it because I know where to go. It's not down in the gully. You go up in the new. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Alrighty. Well, I'm glad we get the direction of water correct on that one. Yes. Like, no, 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 no. We're not swimming at the point in which I get seven testicles. No, 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 no. We're going up river. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're not going to Chemical Valley. We're going actually to where it enters the it flows up and from virginia into west into west virginia yeah well and it's not like west virginia hasn't had problems with dow chemicals all these years you know just setting up giant storage containers right next to a river Uh, yeah and just you know like yeah they're leaking it's not really a big deal like yeah oh what wait excuse me uh hi yeah yeah Oh, here we go. Got a comment from Brenda coming up. Mm -hmm. So mom talked about state line bar in her day, Pennsylvania, West Virginia line that ran down the center of the bar. One side was dry. One side you could legally drink. When the police showed up, everyone walked to the legal side of the bar. (laughs) And you know, what's funny though. Um, I had to explain this at one point to someone I worked with mm-hmm. as to like the realities and the, the, mm-hmm. the pinpoint precision involved right. when you're looking at maps, right? Because you know, maps don't care. There's a building there, right? Maps don't care. And the reality of a map is that if you were to translate what you see on a like a property map or a state map or a city map, whatever, um, in, into a giant like painted line, 
like that line could end up bigger than the house right because like that's what you're representing in that map mm -hmm. is this you know and it's like yeah so it's really easy to actually have stuff just get divided straight down the middle or or you know piece cut off like oh that's in the city <laughs> oh that's in pennsylvania mm -hmm. and it's really problematic Mm -hmm. um when, when you're sitting there trying to make sure because now you have a property that is situated in a way mm -hmm. that you have two sets two sets of state taxes mm -hmm. or, or potentially two sets of state pro or uh not state property taxes what i'm trying to say county property taxes mm -hmm. two different states worth of counties mm -hmm. <sighs> hard sentences and if anything ever goes wrong Mm -hmm. Good it's luck. Nobody's fault. Yep. Well, it's not our fault. You, we did whatever in you know blah 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 state and blah 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 county. Yep. And they'll fight back and forth forever. This is what people get really funky mm -hmm. about buying property right on a border. Right. Is because it can become a nightmare. Or it can, can become no man's land. Or it can become the hilarity of every time the police show up, run to the wet side of the bar. <laughs> All right. Wrong side, wrong side, get over there. <laughs> uh huh. But, you know, it's just insane what's going on right now. We're living in trying times, but it's been interesting. So, over the weekend, a New York bank collapsed. Yeah. What? We've lost another one. Yes. New York bank failure. I'm sorry, did I get a second article one or a third article? No, you haven't. Okay. <laughs> I was sitting here like what your bank collapsed over the weekend, making risky bets on crypto and run and a run on bank deposits tanked signature bank. Regulators said uh, keeping open the twenty-four-year-old institution which held deposits from law firm. Real estate companies could threaten the financial system stability. <laughs> Signature Bank and New York Financial Institution, with a big real estate le leading business, recently made a play to win the crypto deposit. Closed its doors abruptly on Sunday after regulators said that keeping the bank open could threaten stability of the entire financial system. Okay, I'm wondering which direction you're going to take that that statement because I can see that going cut in two different ways. One, you've said here and continuously said, do not get into crypto, like Bitcoin, all that. No, no, no. And no. I'm in the same no. boat. I'm no. like, no, stay no. away. No, right. Like they're valuing this shit like crazy, right. So, point blank, crypto basically killed this bank because they were counting crypto as part of their deposit savings. Some of the extent of signatures banks is victim to panic about around Silicon Valley, which regulators seized Friday. It's closing underscores the challenges faced by small and mid-sized banks, which often focus on niche lines of business and have narrow base of customers uh, than the uh, Goliaths like J.P. Morgan and Chase or Bank of America. That leaves them especially vulnerable to old-fashioned bank runs. 
Well, yeah, because they're well, especially if they're sitting here catering to to like the niches that have like a lot of adversity around them. Mm -hmm. Or like you're talking about with Signature Bank. Now, I really don't think regulators are going to find it appropriate mm -hmm. that you're counting because when they're saying counting amongst your deposits, right? Um, what we're talking about is um, your bank does not have to have on hand the assets that are actually deposited with it. So if, right. like, let's pretend the bank only had one customer and that's you. And, you know, you have $100,000 on deposit at the bank. Okay, the bank can invest and give mortgages and loans, etc. based on that $100,000. They don't have to have the full $100,000 available to give back to you immediately. Mm -hmm. But they are required to have a certain percentage of it available. Right. Okay, so what they're saying is that Signature was counting of the percentage that they were supposed to hold in reserve, crypto, to meet that regulatory compliance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, 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 no federal regulator is going to yeah. look at you and go, that's fine. Yeah, I totally have enough faith in and and you know whatever in in crypto to to let that slide. Right. No. 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 no that's a high risk investment. Mm -hmm. Um. So so effectively, what happened? Your your hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Um. And I forget what the the uh what it is the minimum they have to keep on hand. It's a certain percentage of all deposits. Right. Um. But anyway, let's pretend for a second it's 25%. Um, so instead of having $25,000 in cold hard cash on hand, they had less than that because they were counting crypto. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Didn't work. No, 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 at all. Yeah, no, that's, mm -mm, no, don't, no. But that, that's part of this, uh, like, concept is when, you know, we're talking about, like, Silicon Valley Bank and we're talking about, and I don't know, it's just feeling like it's going to be, like, one of those years of bank collapse. Right. Like, someone just finally woke up <laughs> and went, oh, God, we need to investigate these people. Shit, we forgot. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I figure it's probably going to be a couple more. Um, because it it tends to be one of those things you collapse one bank and it tends to be a domino effect, right? Like one another one and another one and another one, and it doesn't mean that there's a national problem. It just means, like you know, it sometimes they all tie together. Well, uh, but here's yeah. the thing. Here's what happened with Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Nine forty billion went out of Silicon Valley in twelve hours. Mm-hmm. So or they had quickly exhausted building. their reserve. Yeah, they had no reserve. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and when we're talking about reserve, I want to explain. That is the money that the bank is required to have on hand mm -hmm. for depositors to come and, and, you know, perform financial transactions with. When you go to the bank and you want to, like, hi, you know, I just got my paycheck. I want to pull $50 out of the ATM. Yeah. 
hi, I wrote a check and someone's going to come in and cash it, literal right. cash, pay me in cash. Right. Um, like this is supposed to be their minimum to be able to operate right. so that they don't have a liquidity problem. Right. Because it's a hell of a thing if you go to your bank and they look at you and go, we're sorry, we don't actually have enough money to cash that check. Mm-hmm. Um, that freaks people the fuck out. Right. Like, no, no, no. But at the same time, the reason that the, the banks are allowed to not have that, uh, uh, not uh, are not required to have the full amount on deposit is one, it allows banks to make money through mm-hmm. investments and lending and all those things. Right. But additionally, it reduces their target for robbery. Yeah. Is, you know, if you have like $2 billion, like, again, I'm just inventing numbers. If you right. have $2 billion in total deposits. Right. And you're literally thinking about there's $2 billion in that building. Mm-hmm. I call that a pretty good target. Right. Like, you know what? Like, I think a lot of us could go, you know, the risk reward on that whole bank robbery thing starts to sound mm-hmm. pretty good. Right. Um, so it reduces the amount of physical cash assets that are available. And your bank can always free them up and just tell you it's a really unusual uh, withdrawal amount. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you if you are fully closing an account, right. and it has several million dollars, your bank's going to look at you and say, we can do that as a cashier check, but we cannot, right. cannot hand you that in cash. Right. Like, you have to wait and come back tomorrow. We have to have a cash delivery to handle that. Right. And they will look at you and do that. Not saying that from experience, but that's actually a thing. Right. You can have an account too big to close. Right. Because you least, will kill their bank. Yeah. Yeah, you would potentially, not only could you wipe out their entire reserve, but you could run them into a deficit. Mm-hmm. As in they physically don't have that much cash right. to hand you. Right. Like, they'll gladly do a check. And and this is even greaterly affecting than the bigger businesses. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have to back up. We're going to go into some psychic news. We're going to psychic talk here. Okay, cool. So there's been a very large push for psychics, private psychics, and even some network psychics to move over to using Etsy to sell readings, especially like (laughs) readings, text readings. Now, this push has been going on for a year and a half since we got declassified from banned products on Etsy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of psychics have built their business around this concept, around this idea. As in, they're writing their mortgage payments off their Etsy checks. Right. Well, and a lot of people are. Like, Etsy has been a very viable platform Mm -hmm. for a lot of of creators, a lot of artists, a lot of people who are working independently um, to sell goods and services. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's been a very popular platform. It's made Etsy an ungodly amount of money, and it's made others a lot of money. Right. Continue, though. All right. So Etsy sent out, you know, we get the information that, uh, and no, ASIN is not on Etsy. Yeah. Um, One place you will not find the ASIN Knight brand is Etsy. Etsy. 
Uh, and that's for other reasons. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So we have that. Um, part of the problem, though, is Etsy uses Silicon Valley as their payment processor. One of, isn't One it? Of yeah. One of them. Yeah. And I think what's happened there is they've done a division. Right. When they, because what they declassify or uh, 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 change classification on right. to, to make it quote unquote legal to, to sell readings and legal to sell, you know, spells and legal to sell mm -hmm. um, was they, they previously banned the occult. Mm -hmm. um and that's what you guys were you know or what uh your industry was knocked out for was they right. considered you a cult right a cult o-c-c-u-l-t right um and i think what they did is they segmented you guys um that were on there yeah into a very specific payment processor right that didn't have a problem with this right because, you know, sort of like the war on drugs, mm -hmm. um, you can go after people who sell drugs mm -hmm. and that takes forever. Right. But make some rich white old dudes really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Your shit going to get shut down real quick. Quick. Very quick. Um, yeah. That's where like drug money became totally cash. Right. Was because rich white bankers got like got their boxers in a knot. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. No. So anyhow, Fallout. Let me see if they're releasing numbers. Sources of Metaphors were stunned to discover that they would not be getting paid yesterday after the marketplace and the Etsy announced it is unable to process. Some sales payments because it uses Silicon Valley to distribute funds. Furious sellers took to social media complaining on one of the panics, a mother of three, saying she needs these funds to feed my family and pay my bills. And all of the rest of us does. Another revised that she would be unable to pay her mortgage next week if the issues weren't resolved quickly. Um, entrepreneur Amber, who runs a personal gift company called Little Miss Lovely Creations, says that she was freaking out over the news. I'm a mom of three. I run a small business. I do this from my home, she says in a TikTok video. These funds are needed for my family and to pay my bills. Um, so this is a big crisis because it went through everywhere yeah it yeah. had knock-on effects yeah um and this is a lot of like businesses who use the financial distributions of some sellers we are working with our other payment partners to issue your deposits as soon as possible we apologize for any convenience or just or disputes that may have been caused we know that you are counting on us to help run your business and we understand how important it is for you to resolve your funds when you need them. Please know that our team is working hard to resolve this issue and send your funds as quickly as possible. 
okay, so they inadvertently gave a number. Uh-huh. They they didn't intentionally give it because I don't think they want people knowing how many people this is affecting. Uh-huh. Um so they minimized it. Uh-huh. Um so one second. Zero zero five. Because they're calling it 0.5% of sellers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hit divide instead of crap. So seven five. Because there are seven point five million sellers. Mm-hmm. Um on Etsy. That means 37,500 people are affected if you're talking about half a percentage point. Right. 37,500 people. Right. That's a lot of sellers. Yeah, that's a lot of sellers. That has been, and it has been burning up the psychic news about, okay, how do we restructure our business? What should we be doing? Yeah, get the fuck off Etsy like we told you to. Well, get the fuck off. (laughs) Handle some of your own payment shit. You know, call Mystic Computers and we will help build you a site that you use and distribute and access and work within your own shit. Yes. And with payment processing, like, because, and like, I'm sorry, I'll give this away for free. Stripe and PayPal. Yeah. Have both never had an issue, do not have an issue. Now, if they see unusual activity, oh, they'll shut you individually down. Mm-hmm. If they receive complaints about you individually, they'll shut you down. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not and have not. Like PayPal especially has been very, very careful right. at, to attack the individual problems right. instead of going after entire industries. Right. Um, okay. And... They sluice out pretty quickly if someone is in an, you know, like, we don't do that. Right. Like, no, no, no. Like, you're not charging someone $50,000 for anything. Exactly. Now, here's the thing. And this is the thing that Psyche, you know, there is a show. It's a video popping out 3.30 Saturday. You're going to see us starting to proof ourselves against this occurring. Mm Mm-hmm. Pay attention, psychics. Three thirty on Saturday. Go watch the beginning. Uh, the Psychic of the Plans Budget Edition. That's going to be a weekly video put out for you guys to take you along the steps of how you do this. One, but you know, because if you are online selling, you know, cases like the mom of three, a case, you know, all these cases, you'd be like, okay, there's going to be a delay. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well, because it is something that with 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 some good budgeting, Mm -hmm. you can avoid the impact. Right. Um, but if you're living from one sale to the next, right, and one deposit to the next, Mm -hmm. no, you can't afford it at all. No. Um, but a large part of that has to do with understanding your business flow, right? And budgeting around it. Right. And going, okay, here's what, you know, you can do with this. Right. And sometimes having the really hard conversation of 
maybe this is more of a side hustle right now, a very profitable one. Right. But a side hustle. Right. And that's in, what I'm seeing a lot in the psychic industry right now. And not, we were talking about this. There's been a few posts. This has killed their business. They are, they are leaving. They are leaving the industry. Because they can't afford this. And it's like, um, excuse me. You know, because right now their networks are hiring. Yeah. Unless you've got a name. And they're, then they're going to come and hire you. Hire you specifically. But newbies. Mm -hmm. We've got newbies on a waiting list. Yeah. Um, so if you started out on on Etsy, you'll get paid and you need to get a month ahead. If you you know, and you need to be prepped for that. You need to have that thousand dollars worth of cash while the government, luckily Biden, President Trump, stepped up and said, uh uh, we ain't having this shit. And this is, we're gonna take a break and then we'll get into what Elizabeth Warren had to say. Um okay. but psychics, pay attention to the old man here seen this shit I was around in 92 when the industry went dead prop yourself up to operate a month in advance mm -hmm. first goal you need to be able to be a month in advance on everything well and i think we're also seeing some some uh, you know blowback on the fact that a lot of people lost their jobs during the pandemic right. i know we try not to say that word um, but I think we're seeing some blowback of that is a lot of people went for, you know, alternative employment. I don't know what else to call it. It's gig sure. employment. It's different employment. Um, and I think a fair number found themselves going, well, I can read cards. I can go on a network. I sure. can do that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them did this in, in a moment of desperation financially, like their personal financial desperation is right. what technically brought them. Right. Um, and I think for some, they were so far behind right. that they never got to the ahead. Right. And it's just been this constant game of like tread water, tread water, tread water. Right. Etsy was a really great platform because that was about the same time that they went, okay, fine. You know, we'll allow that. Right. And for some, I think that like they never quite got their business fully, you know, in motion. Yeah. Like it just kind of, it's been treading water, treading water, treading water, enough to keep the lights on, enough to keep the car payment made, enough. Right. But those payments are are still sporadic. Right. And so, yeah, no, I I think for some it wasn't really like you used to talk about when you uh, left your full time real job, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Right. Um, and, and did this full time. You had an option. You already had the full-time job mm -hmm. that was paying full-time pay. Mm -hmm. You sat down, you did the math and went, this is the break point, which I can go, screw you, getting up every morning at you know 7 a.m. to get in the shower and sit in traffic and yeah. go sit at a desk in a cubicle farm, like bullshit. Like, I work from home, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I can make more money right. or I can make at least as much. Right as I'm making there and going through all that and doing all that. $35 I think a fair, yeah. I think the reason that like networks aren't hiring and that, you know, this is impacting so many people on Etsy and, you know, on and on and on is there was a huge influx in 2020. Right. Well, and you know, there is a knack to running this business. Mm -hmm. There is a knack because no one except me. And I believe Christina quick, which, you know, she does lovely. 
She takes a different take on it, but she does lovely. Mm -hmm. Teaches how to do this. How to run this spiritual business. Yeah, and... You know, make money and make a livelihood and work with 40 different, you know, worldwide organizations to figure out what is what. Well, yeah, and more importantly, keep it diversified. Keep it, you know, keep all of your eggs out of one basket. Yes. So that, you know, okay, if this network goes down and if this site goes down and if this payment isn't going to come in Mm -hmm. because there's a total banking failure um, of, you know, like a specific bank that, that is their sole, you know, provider on this front. Right. Um, because I think that's what happened is I think they moved a segment of, of Etsy retailers based on what they selected when they created their shops. Mm-hmm. I think they moved that whole segment to one payment processor right. and went, fine, run them through them. Um, that's my theory. Well, um, what has occurred here is, and this occurs a lot, mm-hmm. is you can get multiple forms of payment. You can get PayPal, mm-hmm. you can get bank deposited you can get paper checks mm-hmm. and what I, and if you're a large company you will have the ability you know the supply the Etsy people have the choices of those three ways mm-hmm. i think what happened was and then it later says in another article that etsy had moved some of the payment processors to another partner uh-huh. this is not that partner this is the one that accepts a specific type of payment in a specific location in a specific way, so now they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's unfortunate, um, but it is part of building a business is you do have to have some degree of resiliency, especially if you know from the get-go. Right. And it's part of understanding your, your business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know from the get-go, you're right. in a field that has had controversy. Right. That... that has its own potential set of bad actors. Right. Because unfortunately it does. We, right. We've seen that. We've talked about it on the show. We, we've tried to explain how to avoid those. Right. Um, and one more plug, because we never get tired of saying these words. Corby Metlid writes a book. <laughs> Yellow Brick Road. Go find it. Corby Metlid. It's out right. there. It's no, on Amazon. The you thing you need, if you're a psychic, you need is... Oh. Um, you've got the magic. Why do you need a genie? The clients need um, the yellow book road to avoid those bad actors. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what Elizabeth Warren's up to, which I love her. And there's another one, Frank, Kathy Frank. Those two, I'm about ready to move to other states just so I can vote for them. Hi, I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to trying to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at 
d o t t i e the psychic.com safe travel and much profit to you do you have a cute pet we know you do each week tracy van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her facebook page and provides a tarot reading adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit tracyvan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-B-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the High Priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing. That is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G dot com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah. All and right. So, Warren. Kathy Frank. Oh, sorry. Representative Kathy Porter of California. Katie Porter. Katie Porter. I'm sorry. I was having a whole moment. I was Kathy Frank. How's Kathy Frank? <laughs> like, my brain was just like, hey, yeah. Katie Porter. Mm -hmm. Very different person. Love her. Loved what she did to uh, Jamie Diamond. Um, like that it was, was interesting to watch and squirm, fucking asshole. Yeah, if if you want fun, if you really want the, the all the joyful experience of watching someone get nut punched, mm -hmm. but in a civilized manner. Right. Um. Yeah, Katie Porter, JP Diamond, or uh, Jamie Diamond. Um, look that up on YouTube. Oh, oh it's a work of art. Mm-hmm. All right, so CNBC brings us uh, Warren unveils bill to repeal Trump-era bank deregulation, she says, led to SVB signature collapses. 
Um, so here's your key points. Um, a new bill introduced by Democrats in the House and Senate would lower the asset threshold for banks to qualify for enhanced regulation to $50 billion. Part of the Dodd-Frank Act, the oversight threshold was initially set at $50 billion, but raised to $250 billion in 2018, a major victory for the banking lobby. The collapsed Silicon Valley Bank had assets of around $209 billion. Leading Democrats argue that the collapse could have been averted if SVB had been subject to the higher oversight standard. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, and this is a fun one. Um, so, a group of Democratic senators introduced new legislation Tuesday to repeal Trump-era bank deregulations they say created the conditions that allowed for the dramatic collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and the closure of Signature Bank since Friday. The new bill lowers the threshold at which banks deemed, quote, too big to fail are subjected to enhanced federal supervision under the 2010 Dodd-Frank Act. Under Dodd-Frank, the tighter capital and liquidity requirements known as enhanced prudential standards were applied to any bank with consolidated assets of 50 billion or more. Right away, mid-sized banks, including SVB, began lobbying Congress for an exemption from the tighter oversight rule. In 2018, the lobbying paid off when Republican majorities in the House and Senate voted to raise the bank asset threshold to $250 billion, and then President Donald Trump signed it into law. On the Senate floor Tuesday, Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts drew a straight line from the 2018 deregulation effort to the 2023 failure of SBB and Signature. Quote, the weakened rules permitted banks like SVB and Signature to load up on risks, run up their profits, pay their executive giant bonuses, and eventually blow the bank to pieces, said Warren. Silicon Valley Bank had roughly $209 billion in assets when the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation shuttered it on Friday, while Signature had $110.4 billion in assets when the New York Department of Financial Services took it over Sunday. A longtime critic of the banking industry, Warren is one of the chief sponsors of the new legislation, which would lower the asset threshold for enhanced prudential measures back to its original $50 billion level. A similar bill was introduced in the House by Representative Katie Porter, a California Democrat and one of several members of the House vying for the seat of retiring Senator Dianne Feinstein. Both bills have a number of Democratic co-sponsors, but a complete list was not available Tuesday evening. Quote, if Congress and the Federal Reserve had not rolled back key provisions of Dodd-Frank, these banks would have been subject to stronger liquidity and capital requirements and regulators standing at their shoulder, looking more closely at every part of the bank's businesses, said Warren. But because those stringent requirements were taken out of Dodd-Frank, when an old-fashioned bank run hit SVB, the bank could not withstand the pressure, she said. As Congress begins to examine the oversight collapse of SVB and the actions taken by regulators to stem a broader banking crisis, fresh fault lines are emerging not only between Democrats and Republicans, but among individual members of each party. In the Senate, there are 13 members of the current Democratic caucus who joined Republicans in 2018 to vote for the regulatory rollback of Dodd-Frank, including Virginia, uh, Virginia, that 
Virginia Senator Mark Warner, who leads the Senate Intelligence Committee. Warner has defended his 2018 vote in recent days, and his comments underscore the difficulty Warren is likely to encounter in seeking to repeal the 2018 rules. Quote, I think it put in place an appropriate level of regulation on mid-sized banks, Warner said last week, of his 2018 vote. These mid-sized banks needed some regulatory relief, he told ABC News' This Week. Really? Yeah. While the repeal's path forward in the Senate is tricky, its path in the Republican-controlled House is all but impassable. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy of California tweeted Tuesday that the real culprit for the SVB and signature collapses was President Joe Biden's economic agenda. Quote, Biden's reckless spending caused record inflation and rapid interest rate hikes that broke family budgets and banks, too, wrote McCarthy, adding, we must restore fiscal sanity. Oh, for for love of Keaton God. All right, so if they had 209 billion, yeah, 209 in assets and Mm -hmm. and 40 thousand went out they were one billion short of having the new regulatory line do what now they had 209 yeah plus 40 is 249 mm-hmm. they were one billion short i think the standard needs to be higher yeah well and that's depending upon when you take the number Right. Like, are they talking about that's what they were before the forty billion dollar run? No, that's when they took ass. They took control of the bank and shut it down. So they they shut it down at two hundred nine. Yeah. So yeah, they were sitting there right at the line. They they knew they right. knew. Yeah. Like they stopped offering toasters. Let me tell you what. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like no no, we don't want your business. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Yeah. We can't take your big ass account because it'll. Us over Dodd Frank, right? Uh, yeah, that that's basically sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but no, like, what gets me though is that yes, this this all came out of the two thousand eight housing bubble, mm-hmm. in which banks were lending to unqualified buyers, right? People who should never have been qualified, right? And to to people that were marginal at best. Right. Insane amounts of money. And then selling them off to investment uh, portfolios. And then the investment world was betting against those mortgages anyway. Right. Because they knew they were garbage. Right. Because effectively they were qualifying people that they... That literally, it was a moment in which the bank was writing a mortgage mm-hmm. that they knew more than likely these people would never be able to afford. Mm-hmm. That the the house would go into foreclosure, right. and like literally, it, there was no hope, right? Because of the way these mortgages were written, they were they were toxic. They were a toxic, toxic right. uh, product. Right. Well, um, my question is, is, how often do these senators and congressmen like to get woke up? Oh, how so? All right. When signature failed, mm-hmm. okay, 
every member of the Congress and the Senate was woke up and brought into a Zoom call at two in the morning <laughs> to figure out what to do mm-hmm. because the market was opening in six hours. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make a decision now, now you're going to be your economy is going to collapse in six hours. Jay, the three trillion dollar Chase Morgan lost one point eight percent of its liquidity. Oh yeah. Okay. Within the couple hours of opening, um, mm-hmm. was interesting. Like it's just. It is seriously concerning to consumers, let alone investors, which is the bigger problem with the stock market. Right. It's really concerning when banks start failing. Right. Um, and, and we've seen that, and we've we've had this conversation on Sunday. Right. Um, because w- one of our viewers, Devin, was like, "I like, are we in a total financial crisis? Like, what the hell?" Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fair. That's a fair question to have in this situation okay. is like, what the hell? Why are banks failing? Right. The reason banks are failing mm-hmm. um, has everything to do with they're flying too close to the sun for profits. Right. And then they're getting their asses burned right. when someone in the investment world mm-hmm. comes back through and says what everyone else knew. Mm-hmm. They're flying too close to the sun. Right. <laughs> they're in highly risky investments right there's they're highly volatile they could collapse right well and then you have quotes like this coming out from clotterfield i wouldn't want to be running a regional bank right now where my services are no different from my competition regional banks have been seen as risky since they do not have the scale to compete against large competitors larger account balances once seen as a protective sign that the bank's clients are well off, were liable since they could not be withdrawn at the first sign of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we bank in a small little town bank. We do. We do. I have a, I have to have an account with a larger bank much on it it's normally a money transfer point because you know i get paid internationally and the little bank we have can't handle that well and a fair number and, and it's like there's a lot that goes into it and the short version is yes the volume and the the international mm-hmm. portion of it it right. really throws off a lot of banks right they're like i don't know what this is <laughs> please make it go away right um, versus the larger international uh, financial product you use right. is well-recognized name. And they're like, oh, so, okay, we we recognize them. We don't care what the money's from. We're sure they covered it. Right. Yeah. Instead of, you know, Bank of Kuala Lumpur right. or whatever. Right. You well, know. not only that, but they don't have the money exchange. Like, if I get paid and... Oh, oh, God. Last trade. Uh, the ribbon, the ruble. Yeah, well, if you get paid in rubles, if you get it paid in Australian dollars, um, I don't even think our bank's too, too friendly with Canadian dollars, to be no, honest. No, they're not friendly with Canadian dollars at all. 
So and God yeah, knows yeah. I had well, like because when I went went to Mexico, I I had a moment mm-hmm. where I was like, at one point I wasn't even going to take my card with me. Uh huh. And then I went, well, okay, but I'd rather because I was at literally at that time I was waiting for um, a, a new credit card to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have covered the trip and everything been fine, but it didn't come in in time. Right. Like it basically sat in my mailbox the whole time I was in Mexico. It like probably showed up like the day I left. Um, but anywho, um, so like I had moved money onto a card that I knew would work. Right. Um, and then my, my, you know, our bank, Mm-hmm. Um, I had left, I really thought about just leaving the card at home because I knew it was going to be a nightmare if I did have to use it. Right. And then I thought about it and I went, well, I'd rather have it just in case. Mm-hmm. Okay. With our bank, if you're outside of our local ish area, mm-hmm. you have to call them mm-hmm. and tell them what you're doing. Right. Because people start blocking transactions mm-hmm. the minute you cross the state line. Right. Like, you know, like, and that's, I mean, sometimes a little marginal. Like, they're okay with the West Virginia, right. Virginia line. Right. Um, because of where they're situated, they know most of their customers are going right. to go back and forth across that line. Right. Um, but, like, if I start trying to run it in Ohio and Pennsylvania and North Carolina, they're going to start throwing a fit. Right. Well, they have a problem out of me because they get money from all over the goddamn place. Like, they do. Well, they throw a at us all the time. Well, yeah, they have some problems with... Well, and again, this is part of the whole... The way that you get paid mm-hmm. is very confusing to them. Right. Because most of our banking is set up for you get paid every Friday, you get paid every, by one company, you get paid every Friday, you get paid every two weeks, you get paid once a month, whatever it is, mm-hmm. by one company, and it's usually a pretty fixed amount. Right. Like it's in a small wiggle room. Right. That's what they're used to. Right. And so you walk in there and it's like, hi, I'm going to get paid a variable amount mm-hmm. from one of like 13 companies mm-hmm. um, on any day of the week, mm-hmm. any hour of the day, any hour of the day, like there's no telling. Um, like, like you should see our bank statement. The fucking deposit section is hilarious. Uh huh. It's just deposit, 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 deposit. It looks like the inverse version of like taking your debit card and like I stopped at the store and grabbed a soda. I went to Walmart. I bought, you know, like dinner. Uh, you know, it's just like small charge, small charge, small charge in terms of deposit. I printed our statement once. Yeah. I, had track, I had to track a payment. <laughs> and I couldn't do it in the office. I couldn't, you know, it was one of those days we were on the road. It was 49 pages. Mm-hmm. Because our lovely bank shows when they got the money, when it became available in different lines. Yes. 
And like so, going, yeah. Well, and I'm sitting here going, the largest statement I ever got prior to this. Uh huh. The largest statement I ever got from them was like nine pages. Right. And, and keep in mind, they have a whole page just to tell you about your deposit situation. Right. Um, and a summary of the account. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go through transaction by transaction, as right. most bank statements do. Um, but the biggest one I had ever seen before then was nine pages. Mm -hmm. um, and literally the largest bank statement I ever saw was while working with um, the hospital volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, and those statements ran about 15 pages. And that's a fully fledged business entity, right? Like it has vendors, suppliers, um, it has a lot of money moving around, right? Um, because it, it's a volunteer organization. We're making deposits from the gift shop. We're doing a lot, yada yada yada. The biggest one I saw there was mm -hmm. fifteen pages, and that was just because we got a crap ton of checks that. Right. I was not happy. That's a different story. Um, this is my less active account. 32 pages. Yeah. Yeah. 32 page bank statements. That's what we're dealing with, folks. That's what we're mm -hmm. dealing with. Yeah. Like, and that was a slow month, wasn't it? That was February. Oh, yeah. Good God. That was a slow month for that account because mm -hmm. we did a fair amount just left it and like just leave it in paypal i'll go run the transaction on the paypal card just don't even bother right um we did that multiple times yeah that month is yeah. just leave leave it just leave just it leave i've it. you know i'll go use my paypal card right um no big deal mm -hmm. um you know and it's why my wallet looks like a flipping y'all this man has made my wallet in plastic look like a deck of playing cards. Mm -hmm. I have plastic. So much plastic. Uh -huh. I could do a tarot reading. Uh -huh. Based on, and I, now granted, I'm taking to, a, to account, like all of the bank cards, we'll call that the major arcana. <laughs> and then all the store cards i think i might be approaching the point i could do a whole damn tarot reading mm -hmm. like i i could do a whole damn tarot reading mm -hmm. i just haven't figured out which one to call the uh the the wheel of fortune yet mm -hmm. I know which well that would probably be the e-trade account because it's a money market account fair enough fair enough fair enough i know which one to call the tower <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we want long transaction reports, many, many, many deposits. Yes, we love that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, right. it's a paper monster. Yeah. To like, one digital done us great. Oh yeah, digital is the best way to go because we have to print this shit on paper. That's why our bank honestly hates us for paper clients yeah like he he was really not getting why he kept getting quarterly charged in the beginning because they mailed his statement uh-huh and i'm like honey 
for the love of God, switch to paperless. Uh-huh. Like, I would be annoyed, too, if I, the as the bank, if I have to print a 30-some page statement and mail it to your ass. Uh-huh. Because that's the point in which they don't fold it anymore. No. 30-some pages, they don't fold it. They put it in an 8.5 by 11 envelope. Uh-huh. Like, they, they no, they don't even fold that fucker in half. Yeah, but, you know, what I'm sitting here looking at from the viewer of the business owner, looking at these businesses and looking at the things that have occurred in these businesses, like, how in a bank do you go, oh, there's this new strange money. There's this currency not regulated by the government. Let's sink our investments into it. Well, no, uh, and I don't even have a problem with the fact that a bank decided to invest in Bitcoin. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I think it's a high risk investment, but I think like any investment portfolio, mm-hmm. you should have some high risk investments. Right. Some are going to pay beautifully. Right. And some aren't. Right. The problem becomes if you oversink. Right your money into high risk investing right and this is like this isn't even investment advice this is like common fucking sense guys like think of it this way your friend comes to you and has a business proposition they need five thousand dollars for you happen to have as your entire life savings five thousand dollars Right. And they, they they can't really tell you what it is that they need the money for. Right. But if it all works out, they'll come back and give you $10,000. Right. Um, but there's a small possibility that you may lose the $5,000 and they'll get arrested. Right. Okay. If you're talking about the $5,000 is your entire life savings, mm-hmm. then no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If it is 50% of your life savings, probably shouldn't do it. Uh But if you've got like $5 million in the bank, take the risk. Yeah. $5,000 off of $5 million, meh. Meh. If you lose it, well, unfortunate. If you put $10,000 in, eh, you made $10,000. If your total, like, life savings is five million right um that's the level we're at here is that like signature Uh um was sitting there and they were investing to a level where it didn't make sense anymore right like you can't do that right and especially not turn around and consider it part of Mm -hmm. your requirements right for cash on hand right it's like no 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. of that, like when we're talking about like that reserve, mm-hmm. that is supposed to be cash or as close to cash as it can be. Right. Investments. Yeah. Um, like it's the same thing as like when you get to a certain age, right? You're supposed to downgrade your investments mm-hmm. to more safe, reliable, predictable, low interest rate, low return, right. so that you protect the capital. Right. So that you don't potentially wake up on Monday morning, you know, at age 63. Right. 
and find out that you just lost half your, you know, retirement uh, to to a start stock market thing. Um, never ever should you ever. Mm -hmm. um, this is the same kind of concept mm -hmm. of what that reserve is supposed to be is very stable, predictable. You're not really going to lose your money. Yeah. Like horrible things would have to happen. And it right. like, at that point, it's not going to matter because the whole world has gone belly up right. um, for you to lose that money. Right. Um, what they're doing is playing on the, hi, you're 20 years old and you just got a job at McDonald's and they offer a 401k. Mm -hmm. Cool. Invest in stupid shit. It doesn't matter. Some right. of it will pay off. Some of it won't. Use a small portion to invest in like McDonald's right. and, you know, other stable, reliable companies and then go play with the rest. Go play with the rest. I don't care what you do. High risk investments, whatever. Some of them will pay off some more. Right. Um, you know, they're playing towards the 20 side, not the 60 and up crowd. Right. Or at least more to the 20 side than they should have been. Right. So, anywho. Yes. It gets crazy. It gets crazy. So, guys, start taking care of your money. Start getting responsible. Start getting focused. Especially if you are um, trying to handle it um, and trying to handle it. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be finding out if Joe's an asshole and giving you some relationship advice. All right. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. 
Together we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site, right for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. Right. All righty. Yeah, so sorry, I don't think I got this one sent over to you, so I'm sending it to you in private chat real quick. Okay. All right, am I the asshole for finally telling my brother the truth, but throwing my parents under the bus to do so? Am I the asshole for finally telling my brother the truth, but throwing my parents under the bus to do so? I, 36 male, used to run a company with my 35 male brother and both my parents. It was supposed to be the dream of the sons taking over the family business. I had the ability to work in every department, so over the course of the last 10 years, I progressed to running the company. My brother, who worked harder than anyone else, floundered with any real responsibility. He was the ultimate task doer, but ask him to manage anyone or anything, and it would be a dumpster fire. My parents would protect my brother by trying my hand by tying my hands behind my back in regards to saying anything bad to my brother about the quality of his work or how he was failing at being a manager. My parents did not want his feelings to be hurt. My brother would get moved to a different department or have his job description changed so he wasn't in charge of anything that would hurt the company. They would never tell him he wasn't doing his job right. They would never tell him he sucked at his job. It was easier for them to lie to him so they could avoid any conflict or hurt feelings. I was complicit in this. I kept up the lies. I played the game. Resentments grew. My brother was still getting paid the same as me. I was running the company at this point. He was basically still in an entry-level position. So two years ago, I started a different company and left the family one. Less than a year later, my parents asked me to come back. I accepted on the condition that my brother would be bought out of the company. They agreed. So with my brother being bought out, I am now running the company solo. We gave him a group of our customers that he now services under his own company name. Life is good, or so I thought. I found out by one of my employees that my brother has been stealing product out of our warehouse. 
they were under the impression that we had some sort of deal worked out with uh, me because we were family. Nope, he was just plain stealing. So when I confronted my brother, he admits to stealing, but went off on this rant of how I never respected him, that I was the biggest asshole because I was mean and on and on. So then and there, I decided to stop lying and essentially told him all the lies from the last 10 years. How he got the short end of the stick because no one ever told him what he was doing wrong. How our parents just didn't want to hurt his feelings, but he knew he couldn't run the company. I was done lying. I just sat there and told the truth. So my parents are now mad at me because he's mad, like mad, mad. And he has gone no contact with them, and they are worried that they won't be able to ever see him or their grandchildren again. So am I the asshole for finally telling my brother the truth, but throwing my parents under the bus to do so? Nah. Um, yeah. You suck. You suck. No, like that's that goes into the complicated web of I understand not wanting to to hurt your child's feelings. Mm -hmm. I also think somewhere around their thirties, there's got to be a way to do that without being a total asshole about it, right? While actually protecting both a business, right? And telling him in no uncertain terms that we're sorry, I don't think this is what you're meant to do. Right. And because that seems like where it's at. Well, that's where we're not meant to run a company. Do what now? It's also at the point of no, you're crap. Well, it's not that he's crap. I'm sure he's stealing from another company. he is, but there's, uh, I mean, in general, I'm sure he was an otherwise decent dude. Well, who you could know, apparently not that he's not doing well with his clients, he's not making money, his parents are having to support him, he's obviously in the wrong job, right? And that's what I'm saying is, you know, his parents tried to force him into running a family business, mm-hmm. and this is sometimes the problem with having a family business. Is some people just are not cut out for that. This is not going to be their passion. This is not going to be their thing. They're not going to be any good at it. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. As parents, you needed to recognize this early on. Right. Whatever your family business is, Mm -hmm. he doesn't need to be a part of it. Right. Not in that way. Right. Like, you want to make him, you know, a financial beneficiary of the business while your older son runs it? That's a good legacy. That works. Yeah, giving 15% of the stock to look cute. You know, well, give him, make sure he gets something out of this so that it's, you know, that, because effectively it's an inheritance at this point. Right. Make sure he gets a reasonable percentage of it. Mm Mm-hmm. For the amount of non-effort he's going to have towards it, right. comparative to his brother that's going to be running it entirely, mm-hmm. so make sure he gets a reasonable you know percentage of that, and have the fucking conversation because honestly, I think his parents were yeah. an asshole. Right. Yeah, I like I'm sitting here going back and forth. Sometimes I don't. Here's the thing. I think some bad guys aren't born; they're made. Mm-hmm. And I think it's parents doing this shit right. 
and family doing this shit right that creates those bad guys mm -hmm. because point blank i doubt he's doing anything different than he did when his parents were there mm -hmm. and in charge right um and i highly doubt mm -hmm. that any of that was considered stealing by them right. and it was like oh just take it don't worry about it right you know i i get the feeling his parents were helping him mm -hmm. with his business and propping it up right and then somehow that didn't translate right so is he stealing yes but i don't know that he knew right quite to the point that he was stealing or that it was a problem right like th that's kind of where i'm at with this is i think they have sheltered him to the point mm -hmm. they broke him right and see that's my other problem multiple problems with that the parents built the business mm -hmm. they built it they worked it they made money off of it apparently it's very profitable because there's multiple departments great i don't think either of the sons should have gone into that business mm, i sometimes i think it's okay Not for clear do what now not free and clear okay i also think that he should prosecute his brother for theft immediately uh, i think he should try to settle that one with his brother right i and like make it whole don't i don't think you right. I, I don't know that this is a situation like this is the point where protecting your brother is in terms of we're gonna settle this right like we're we're gonna settle up accounts right like I'm gonna give you time to pay it back. Right. You're not gonna do that again. Right. Um, and you know, we're we're not gonna turn this into right. anyone gets arrested or tried or convicted or anything like that. Right. Um, that's to me how you would help family in this situation mm -hmm. is go, look, we had a huge misunderstanding. Right. And that's what we're gonna call this. Right um and you're gonna pay it back right um but not in a way that's like gonna take food off of his table and you know put him in jail and everything else right like i, I i'm i'm loath to do that to family right um you know like that's that's the form of nepotism i have right like I, i'm gonna be really loath and i'm kind of have that towards most people though like my first resolve isn't to or you know resolution idea right isn't to lock someone up or get them arrested or whatever right. like i worked with a student org that had an embezzlement situation right my first impulse wasn't pick up the phone call the police department file a police report and you go arrest his ass mm -hmm. my first resolve uh, or my first attempt was um I don't was to call and go hi right I don't know what you did or why you did it mm -hmm. but we need to get the money back in the account right and you know like work with me we don't want to you know make this any bigger than it is right we're gonna call it an accident and you know it was like 300 bucks right all the organization had <laughs> was 300 bucks who technically took us for everything we had right. but still it was just you know let's figure out how to get the money back in the account right 
call it a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. No one has to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. Someone made a mistake. You really like this. This is also why I didn't want there to be a debit card. And this is why I didn't want there to be ATM access. Right. But there was and there was. Right. And they had the card and they pulled money out. Exactly. Um, yeah. So my first reaction was not and is not to be like, let's go get people arrested. Well, no, this is business. Right. It's kind of like if I found out, if you found out that I took Mystic's accounts and was taking the money out of Mystic and forming another LLC somewhere mm -hmm. and stealing server space from me because you never checked your servers. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. I'm not daily. Exactly. But I, believe me, when I log into the account, I'm going to... Well, you know, I have to give a fair amount of credit. With this many domains, it is a little harder <laughs> to keep track. Like, uh -huh. you could, like, you could sneak a couple in there, and I don't... I would not immediately be like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, a couple. You could get a couple past me if they were similar. Uh -huh. But, like, if you had, like, you know mom and pop hardware uh-huh yeah i think i'm gonna notice that one uh-huh um you know or like but you know yeah you could probably get away with a dot org or a dot net that's one of the ones or similar enough to one of the ones we already have yeah i'd probably not notice yeah and see you know wouldn't you be a little pissed off i i would definitely not take it well mm-hmm um, no, I would not be planting a new rose bush out back, but I wouldn't take it well. Right. Um, and I think my first reaction would be, what the hell uh -huh. are you doing? Right. You can't do that. Right. So what we're going to do is, uh-huh, you're going to go grab your card. Uh-huh. And you're going to start a contract with our, you know, hosting company. And I'm going to transfer these domains over. Uh -huh. to you today uh -huh. and you're going to manage them out of your account uh -huh. and you're not going to do that again now see he says all this and the reality is he doesn't uh, have the ability to actually log into that account just as a side note <clears throat> it's a two-factor authentication account uh -huh. um so even if he had the password he can't get in without my phone uh-huh um, which is usually pretty near me. Most of the time. Granted, unfortunately, uh, so is he. This is what this um, done. In terms of security, he has I mean. supplies from his parents' business, and mm -hmm. well, now this dude's business. He yeah. has certain clients from this person's business. Which they gave him. You want to tell me he didn't take some extras there? Uh, it's not what was said. I'm going off of what was said. Uh -huh. Like, like yeah. they set him up. They set you, him up. You to... are not an asshole because you did not arrest your brother for stealing company property. Pardon? He's not an asshole because he did not get him arrested for company property. Right. And, well, moreover, I think not an asshole for finally telling him the truth. Right. I think, to some degree, you're an asshole for waiting this long. Right. Um, I think your parents and you have done a real disservice to your brother. Right. While trying to do a good thing, right. which is here's a turnkey business. You just have to show up. Right. 
without recognizing he has no aptitude for right. this and probably hates it. Right. But does it because he knows enough. Right. Or thought he did to be able to run it. Right. Um, and I'd say more than likely, like you, like he, the uh, OP and his parents right. have really set this guy up to fail from the start right. by continuously lying to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, changing the, the like moving the goalposts so that like, you know, hi, any toddler right. could do it. Um, and effectively keeping him in a position right. where he didn't really get to learn mm -hmm. that he didn't have the ability to do right. this. Like, I have problems with that, and I could almost go, you're the asshole, but as for the actual question, are you the asshole for finally telling my brother the truth and throwing your parents under the bus? No, you're not. Right. Not the asshole. All right, so the poll is up on the Ace and Night YouTube page. Feel free to vote. And mm -hmm. moving over to relationship advice. This is a little bit different one. All right, I, 23 female, wants to leave a five-year relationship with my live-in partner, 26 male. Where should I start? Hi, I'm 23 female, and my boyfriend is 26 male. I can't find the strength to leave a toxic relationship. We have been dating for five years and we are living together for almost two years. My heart was never at peace when we started to live together. I have a house on my own and he moved in here almost two years ago. He is now close to my family and we also have two dogs. We are so toxic to one another and I don't know how to fix it. I'm the only one working and it seems like I am taking care of a child. He has no job. He sleeps whenever he wants to. He is so lazy that it infuriates me. We are drowning in debt, but I'm the oh, I'm the one paying for all of it. He gaslights and invalidates me too. There are also times when he attempts to cheat by chatting with other girls online. There was one time when he choked one of our dogs because they won't stop fighting with one another. My mind keeps telling me that I should leave, but there's a part of me that thinks that maybe I'm the problem. I don't know where to start nor how to end this. I have no one to talk to about this because somehow I feel ashamed that this is where my life is now. So fellow Redditors, tell me what to do. There's more to the story, so please be kind to your uh, in your replies. Okay. First, you're going to go to bank account. Yes, we understand you own a home. We understand that home is hopefully in your name. You're going to get a bank account that is in your name, and you're going to start putting $30 a week in that bank account. You're going to save up enough money to exist for one month out of your house. Hotel, Airbnb, I don't care. That's step one. Step two, you're going to go and find a lawyer that has a server on your staff that can serve eviction notices. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once you go and live in your house, you will instruct your lawyer to serve eviction notices on him. You're going to take the dogs with you. You're going to live there for 30 days. You're going to evict him out. That will be the end of your relationship because you're also simultaneously needing your lawyer to get you a 
um, what is that, a uh, restraining order and a warrant of peace, which makes it illegal for him to contact you. Okay. What's your advice? Uh, one, I don't know that I'm going to advise the move out. Okay. Um, I, I think you start more simply because I'm hopeful that this is at least a two-bedroom house. Um, so I would start with a deadbolt on whichever bedroom you want. Um, move all of his stuff into the other room and all of your stuff out of it. Um, and serve him, uh, find a lawyer, get your eviction notice, and let it be the one-two combo of this relationship is ending and I want you out. Right. That's where I would be at on that one because I have problems with don't necessarily, in the beginning, mm -hmm. abandon your home. Right. Um, because, unfortunately, that could blow up in your face. Is if you leave your home... Mm -hmm. then effectively you're you're losing all control over the home he's unemployed he has no finances he's run you up in debt mm -hmm. your finances are screwed you don't have much money left right um the last thing you want right is to to have this one asset right um become the unsupervised punching bag mm -hmm. for his feelings, thoughts, and ideas on right. the termination of your relationship. Right. Um, that said, you don't want to be in harm's way either. Right. Um, so I would get very, very good at right. keeping your phone on you, charged and ready to go at any point. Um, be willing to hit that record button at a blink of an eye. Right. If you can set up a shortcut, please do that. Mm -hmm. Um, many phones do have a shortcut, like, you know, click a button three times and it does X. Right. Um, so look at that, make sure you have the ability to quickly record, um, right. while dialing 911. Right. Um, so that you can both record his behavior and what he's doing while seeking help immediately. Right. Um, and it like, do not, do not assume that oh he's just angry oh he's just being loud oh he's just right no no the minute something starts dial 911 right dial 911 mm -hmm. do not pass go do not give a crap where he sleeps tonight don't care right because your safety is going to be paramount in the situation right so start there Mm -hmm. um, would be my best suggestion. Now, if you are truly, 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 truly um, in fear of your life, mm -hmm. because, you, like, because again, OP is alluding to it. Right. Um, then I would serve that eviction notice with an officer present. Mm -hmm. um, and potentially the situation will escalate while the officer is there mm -hmm. at which point that officer is going to instruct him to pack a bag and get the fuck out real quick right um before he gets arrested exactly um so and that may be a good starter point anyway given like because it's borderline mm -hmm. 
like okay he's choked a dog but it sounds like there was also a situation in which it was an overreaction to a bad situation right. with the dogs right and it's like i don't know how much of that is like dumb dude did dumb thing right or highly aggressive angry human right is demonstrating you know that they're potentially going to be lethal towards animals and others right like it's right there on the borderline like because she's not talking about like he's throwing you know he's knocking holes in walls like the, those are your classic early warning signs of physical violence in a relationship being imminent mm -hmm. is knocking holes in walls um destroying property um you know tearing up um um items that are precious to you like you know breaking your grandmother's clock or you know things like that right um in a non-accidental like shit happens right. like sometimes grandma's clock just gets knocked off the mantle and it's not because someone hates you it's because shit happens right versus i'm mad at you and this is important prized possession of yours because it was your grandma's clock i'm gonna pick it up off the mantle toss it across right. the roof that's two different situations you have to pay very close attention to what it is right but um both of those it's best to have a backup plan a secure plan and be out of there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i'm afraid this one might not be giving enough information because she does go on to say that you know at the very end that um there's more to the story so mm -hmm. i don't know what she's you it's know, one of those first love situations oh oh that's why she doesn't know how to end it is she basically got in her first relationship they ended up moving in right. together oh gosh honey you need a best friend that's yeah. what you need more than anything right now you need a best friend to come stay with you right um until this is over and he's moved out or moved out either way yeah secure yeah, yeah. your shit secure your place and then move Yes. Yep. Yep. There we go. All right. Let's hop over and check out the poll. Am I the asshole? I'm expecting this one could be a mixed bag because I, I could, part of me can go either way, but I'm getting real strict on the, what did they ask? Am I the asshole about? You're right. <laughs> um, not the asshole. Okay. So not the I, asshole. I'm starting to wonder if we need to gradiate the polls a little. Well, there's one that's everyone's a shithead. So I think I may add everyone's everything. shitty here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think we may Well, add that everything. one. And then I think we could also do like not the asshole, but strictly because of how you phrased it. <laughs> like you're the asshole, but you didn't ask the right question. Exactly. But yeah. Again, and that's what we're seeing with both things here the relationship advice sorry you check my dog you're out this house i don't care who but the wall says you will find another place to live in very quickly yeah well but i also think there are sometimes moments where where people have do things in a, a tense situation right like, I'm sorry, I was not kind the night that, that Gizmo got his paw stuck in a grate and then nipped at me. Right. 
Like, I, not that I kicked the dog or anything, but I smacked him pretty hard to get him off of me. Right. Um, you know, like, hi, get the hell away from me. Like, no, 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 no. I understand puppies hurting mm -hmm. and puppy, you know, did what he did because he was in pain. Right. Um, but I also felt bad because I hit him pretty hard mm -hmm. to make sure, like, like to back him off. Right. Um, because it was like, okay, if that's how we're going to be tonight, then, you know, like, I'm trying to help you, dude. Right. Um, so again, I, sometimes I don't know, cause that one sounds borderline. Well, again, you know, no. Yeah. Generally speaking, like if random out of the blue, you're, you know, right. like they get mad at you and then go in and choke your dog. Right. And yeah, that's totally uncalled. For. Right. You know, and it's like, no, 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 out the door, out the door. Yeah, Brenda's with touch my dog and you're dead to me. But now, Brenda, here's the thing. If you had two dogs and one was attacking the other, mm -hmm. and perhaps in a misguided attempt to stop the situation, <laughs> someone grabbed one of the dogs right, and choked it. Right. Trying to, to, like, get it to let go. Right. Where would you be with that? Right. That's what I'm, what I really, that's where I'm processing this one at is, like, if we were talking any random Tuesday, walk into the living room and out of clear blue thin air, grab the dog and choke it, no, no, that's wrong. That's totally fucked up. That's a warning. Right. No, that never happened. Right. But in this situation, I'm going, eh. Right. I like was it misguided or a bad idea? Definitely. Right. But was it just a poor reaction to a, a, a tense situation? Right. So that's why I'm like that's why I'm throwing that one back at you a little bit and going, okay, but if the situation where dog A is attacking dog B, you grab dog A. Well, and we've had that issue and both of them get their heads knocked around. Well, but you don't choke them out. Mm-mm shouldn't yeah um okay all right so brenda says that is an accident the way she stated it does not sound like that so i want to I, I do want to go back and highlight that one right um there was one time when he choked one of our dogs because they won't stop fighting with one another right i envisioned that one in my head like the two dogs are going at each other right and he tries to intervene chokes the dog Mm -hmm. poor choice horrible choice don't do that right but if you don't know better or you're just an idiot right you might have thought that would stop it or fix it or do something you know in a positive direction right i see that one is like mm, that could go either way either right. someone's an idiot and doesn't know what the hell they're doing and probably right. shouldn't be left alone to take care of dogs that don't like each other mm-hmm or yeah potentially you got someone who's highly abusive and then they're showing violence towards animals as a first stage right i and could throw that one either yeah, direction no no not putting up with it yeah um wouldn't have put up with it right all right guys well we've wrapped that up we'll be back with thursday night with coffee and tea with ac and gwen and let me see what else is going on this week. Um, 
I have set up the gallery reading. Baristas, you will be getting your link to your gallery reading. We will be updating your benefits because there are some changes in your benefit structures that are for the better. We still currently advertise them. But we feel we go And we want to thank our baristas, not only for being our key people, but also helping us manage this thing we call a network. So we're going to take that over, Joe. All right. So, of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become one of our Patreon sponsors and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at PCSBnetwork.com. Yes, and I agree, Brenda. I very much agree. Oh, wait. Joe, you little teddy bear, you have such a soft heart and try to see the best in people. I have jaded glasses. Um, No, I understand that. I And I always do get charged with being a devil's advocate. Yeah. Is like I'll sit here and try to see the middle ground of like she's upset, hates her boyfriend, wants his ass out, thinks the relationship's over, and is trying to write his like laundry list of horrible things he's done. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of okay. Let me sit in the middle and go. Is there a reasonable version of any of these things? Right. Could it be something else and not? He's a monster. Right. Some people, they're the monster. Like, you know, if you go into the living room, you pick up someone's dog and you choke them for no reason, mm-hmm. you're a monster. Like, right. we can all agree on that. Right. But in a case where two dogs are fighting, I can see a possible, like, well, not quite exactly how she described it. She's mad. Mm-hmm. She's cherry picking events. Right. And, you know, and I could see that from either direction. He could probably come up with a list on hers. Right. Well, because she even goes on in the beginning and says, we are so toxic to one another and I don't know how to fix it. Right. So I, there's obviously the ability right. for him to come back and be like, well, let me tell you what this <clears throat> has done to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to the dog and to the cat and to, you know, my tires right. and everything else. Right. You know, and it's like, mm-mm. Out the door. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. You have a great evening, and we will see you later. Bye, guys. Bye.